Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today, our guest is Dale Luganbill from Full Scale Outdoors and the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. Dale, welcome to the Fish House Nation. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Dale, first off, what is Full Scale Outdoors? Holy smokes. That's a, that's a kind of a big question. Uh, full Scale Outdoors uh, in its inception, and it's still my main goal, is kind of a, an all-outdoors guide service. So uh, fishing, hunting, and foraging. I know that's the, that's, foraging is kind of the, uh, I don't know what, what would be the right word, but not a lot of people do it. Um, there's more and more interest every year and uh, going out and procuring your own wild foods, especially for people that may not be so warm to hunting, but they still want to get out there. You know, maybe they're vegetarian or, or not. They just, you know, aren't keen on killing things Then foraging, you know, always starts like, I always joke that morel mushroom is like the gateway drug to foraging because it's the one everybody knows. So it's relatively safe. There's not too many, you know, the only real lookalike is the false mushroom. And that's a, contested debate whether or not they're actually bad for you or not some people purposely eat them and some people tell you to avoid them at all costs so you can't you're not going to die if you eat the wrong one that looks like you know or get real sick so that's always the gateway drug it was for me that's kind of how I got started in it and then I think I saw an article in the outdoor news about chanterelle mushrooms and I was like wait what there's a different kind of mushroom you can eat and then when I looked at the pictures, I'm like, I know where a patch of those are right now. And I went out and checked them out and sure enough. And then, then that just opened the whole, the whole door. And then I started looking into wild greens and it just went from there. So I kind of encapsulated that with uh, the fishing and hunting guiding as kind of a, an all outdoors thing. I'd been toying with the idea of starting a podcast for forever. And then uh, a little over two years ago, finally just said, screw it. I'm going to do it. I hadn't, I hadn't any guests lined up for anything. It was first episode is just me rambling about what we're talking about right here. What is full scale? How did I get to this point? And, and, uh, that's kind of it. So if people want to check out the podcast, go to episode one and you can listen to me ramble on aimlessly. I want to get to that, get to that podcast here eventually, but first of all, tell me a little bit about the area that you're guiding in. Uh, I'm guiding in the North Metro, I guess it would be called. So anyway, from, um, uh, let's see, what's like Big Marine, that area, kind of to the south end, and then and then all the way up into Pine City, Hinkley area. I got some lakes in there, and I've guided on Mille Lacs in the past too for walleyes. But right now my main focus is mostly panfish, and then I can throw pike in there if people are, are interested. And it's always nice to have a tip up out, kind of breaks up the – the day you know sprinting after a flag who doesn't like that you know that's pretty fun but panfish is kind of the specialty and there's there are good panfish to have in the in the north metro area and a lot of these lakes are really pressured but you just gotta know where to go and how to fish for them so sure what what made it what went into the decision for you to kind of start guiding obviously i'm guessing you've you've been an angler for a long time what what kind of goes into that decision says I, I want to start taking people out and and doing it for money. I mean it's one thing taking your buddy out. There's not a lot of pressure, but uh, we start doing it for money. Then that whole pressure thing I think 
starts coming up? Well, one is having a job you don't like. Um, that helps. <laughs> so I was an iron worker by trade. Um, I shouldn't say I, I actually didn't mind iron work. It's a, it's a really good career. Um, it's a dangerous career. It's very taxing on you physically. And I started as, you know, and I've been doing it for almost 20 years and I'm watching these guys, you know, that were in it when I was an apprentice and they're getting old and they're retiring. And it's like, when they retire, they don't have much physicality left to enjoy their life. You know, they spent it all just busting their ass building stuff. And I just looked at that and that isn't something I wanted to do. I don't really want to retire like that. I want to, you know, if I'm going to retire, I want to be able to have some physicality left. So that coupled with pretty much my whole life, my brother has been on my ass about being a guide. He's like, you should guide, you should guide, you should guide. And it was always like my self doubt, like, well, I don't, who am I? Who am I to teach someone how to fish or who am I to show somebody else? You know, as I'm looking up to established guides and, you know, personalities you see in magazines or on TV, you know, it's like, my God, I'm not Al Linder. Who, who the heck am I, you know? Um, but then I started noticing like, I am guiding my family. I am guiding my friends, you know, and I'm having friends of friends. And even within like the iron worker, it's like, Hey, you know, I've always been interested in doing that. I'm like, well, I'll take you out, you know, I'll teach you some things. And then kind of started to realize, have some self-awareness, like, Hey, I actually know what I'm doing here. Like, this is, you know, I would like to think I'm better than your average angler, you know? Um, so I have things to teach and, uh, and I love teaching. So then when I, once I started to do it, it was like the first time I ever guided somebody, that was it. It's like, I love people. I love meeting new people, finding out where they come from, having conversations. And then you throw the teaching element in on, on it and then it works. And then you see their excitement and they're so happy. It's like, you can't beat this. Like, this is, this is what I need to be doing. And ironically enough, the, my first guiding wasn't fishing guiding. It was uh, hunting. It was snow goose guiding, hunting for spring snows in South Dakota. And it was like, that was it. I mean, took my first group of clients out. I was working while well, I still work for premier flight. Um, and it like, that was it. Man, that's just where I knew. And if anything, I was kicking myself like, dang, I should have started this 20 years ago. I should have, when I was getting into iron work, I should have been doing this instead, you know, but, uh, call it a midlife crisis, whatever you want. I decided like, Hey, life's too short. Let's, let's get this ball rolling. And, uh, I'm, have no regrets. What's kind of the most difficult part of that job? The most difficult part of that job, I would say, is your self-expectation. Is, is the pressure I put on myself to make sure that I have a good lake lined up, I have a good bite lined up, and we go there and we're going to catch fish. That my, my biggest fear is going out there and having a bad day. You know, and like, and I, I just, I, or even hunting, like I just, I hate that well, I guess, the, I guess they're just not biting today. Well, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. And I've never been okay with that, which is one of the reasons like I've always pushed myself to be a better angler, to think outside the box, fish where other people aren't fishing. And that led me then down the road to the tournament league, which I don't want to go off on a tangent with that. But so that like, I place a lot of pressure on myself and you know, you, you can be on these, Facebook threads and stuff where people are, are kind of bashing guides and you know, the, if they had a bad experience and you know, whatever. And I promise you there might be some fly by night guide services out there, but the vast majority of guides out there want 
the clients to have the best day they can possibly have. What's in it for them to just be out there and be bored all day? Like that's not, nobody wants that. They don't, I guarantee you the guy doesn't want that. So, I mean, that's, that's my biggest, my biggest challenge is just the pressure that I put in on myself. And that just drives me to, to do my due diligence and make sure that I, when we go out that we have, we have a good day. And, and with that said, there are some things that are outside your control. There are weather and different factors and you have to make game time decisions and you know, whatever, but you know, if the ice is bad, you know, the lake you're planning going, uh, maybe slush developed or there's a big icy and you can't access the landing. I mean, there's a multitude of different things and all of a sudden you're like, well, crap, I got to go to this other lake now. And you know, I've had these guys booked for two months got to make it work. So, I mean, there's some, there are some times those are rare, but it does happen. I mean, I just had, I had some people out uh, two weekends ago, actually it was, um, it was on a Monday and uh, had a private lake all lined up and we went to the private lake. Everything was great. Ice was great, but man, I don't know what happened to that lake, the size structure, the fish. I mean, that lake used to have just giants in it. It was 14th. You just catch piles of 14 inch crappies out there. We couldn't hardly find one that hit 11 and it was the bite was tough i was like you know what guys we can stay out here and hope um the bite picks up as it gets later in the day or we can just make a total lake change there's a lake nearby here I've got some spots on it we do really well and uh, the clients are like yeah let's do it let's let's bounce so we packed up and it was about a little a little over an hour from lines up to lines in and that was a great decision. We ended up catching not only bigger fish, but numbers were fine too. And then we got that kind of little magic half bar window, but they just started snapping. And that was, that was a ton of fun. And then you just, I mean, they were having a good time anyways. It was great conversation. And then you add in a great, great hot bite to finish the day out strong and everybody's leaving with smiles. And that's just the best. That's the best part right there. I love it. Very cool. Tell me a little bit about a day on the water with you. If I were to hire you, what would my day be like? What was it like going out with Dale Luganville? <laughs> well, hopefully you'll laugh a lot. Um, I don't take too many things too serious. I mean, I take my job serious, you know, but outside of that, um, it'll probably start off a little slow. Like I'm going to get to know you personally. I mean, it's going to start off slow. I'll be kind of professional at first, kind of, kind of feel you out see what kind of jokes I can get away with. And then uh, from there, once I kind of gauge your personality and I know where the sweet spot lies, I'm not going to exploit that. And we're going to have a lot of fun. And, uh, and I'm going to actually, I'm going to ask you a ton of questions. I'm, I really want to get to know you. Cause that's honestly, that's what I'm interested in. I like getting to know the people like I really do. And for the most part, most people I've guided so far, I've left either the field or the lake or the woods that day with a friend and I stay in contact with them as much as they can stay in contact with me. You know, I'm busy and it's not so much me reaching out to them, but if you reach out to me, I'm going to respond. You know, I'm going to say, Hey, what's up? I was, you know, at that, and it's not me. That's not me trying to be a businessman or anything. That's just like, we made that connection, you know? And I think the great outdoors for all of us, that's, the camaraderie that you get from that. I mean, it's a bond, you know, you're, you're sharing this in the wilds kind of a primal thing that we're all, I think we're all tethered to at some level, level genetic level. And, um, I don't, I, I just love it. 
Tell me about your, your podcast, the Full Scale Outdoor Podcast. What's well, the podcast? Uh, I know people sorry, here are used to my show, but I, I think yours is a little bit different. So, so tell me about your show. <laughs> Mine's a lot different um, and not necessarily in a good way. It just is, it, I went into the podcast thinking, you know, the, the outdoor industry has kind of had this squeaky clean like image. You know, if you wanted to be in the industry, you had to be straight laced and don't use language in this. And I'm not saying that I, I'm like the Howard Stern or anything like that. I don't, I don't try to be outrageous. But what I wanted was, and this was for me listening to other outdoor podcasts and just feeling like there was a void here. Like it was too regimented, too kind of planned. And I wanted something a little more, a little more loose. That was just more conversation. So it was like, it was the times that I would spend in the boat with my buddies or in the fish house or in the goose blind. And we're just all laughing at each other, ripping on each other, telling some off color jokes, you know, and everybody's just having a great time. And I'm like, this, this should be a show, you know? And I was like, you know, that's what I'm just going to do. I'm going to have people on that interest me that I like, and we're just going to talk and whatever. If it ends up being a serious conversation about tactics and tricks and tips, then, then great. But if it just turns into we're hacking on each other over a couple beers and telling stories and then that's just as good too. So I keep it, I keep it real loose. I don't really ever go into any of my shows with like a plan. Um, and if anybody has listened to my show, I do a, a segment every once in a while called the flight companion and which is a blatant ripoff of Joe Rogan's fight companion <laughs> where he gets together with his buddies and they watch UFC fights and they all, you know, it's most, it's mostly garbage. Like they just, they do that exact same. They joke and they rip on each other and they go off on tangents about aliens or this, that, who knows what else. And then every now and again, they talk about fights. Well, that's what my flight companions are. We I'll have four people It'll be me and three other people. Each person will bring a different beer for everybody to test out. And then, you know, we'll drink and we'll give our honest opinions on, on those beers. And then in between that, a lot of times we're talking about fishing and hunting a lot of times we're talking about just complete nonsense, but it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like, it, it's a deviation from even my usual, not very topic oriented shows. So it really, I just let that one completely go off the rails, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I've got pretty good feedback on it. So I've always just thought, Hey, I'm my own boss. I'm going to do this for my own enjoyment. If it takes off, it takes off. If it doesn't, it's just as good. I mean, I had a, ba a background in broadcasting. I went to school in Minneapolis um, at Brown for broadcasting. I was in small market radio for a little bit. Had a family. My daughter was born. Just you, you make no money in small market radio. I just couldn't do it. So then I had to get a real job. That's what brought me to Ironwork. And then come full circle to here. I just always wanted to do the broadcast thing. And then once podcast became a, became a thing, I was like, well, Heck, I'm already trained to do it. My ass will do it. It costs relatively little to do. So here we are two years, two years plus later, creeping up on 150 episodes. What's your best advice to someone who wants to start a fishing podcast? One, I would say just do it. That might sound really simple. Like you can literally just put a phone on your table press voice memo and start recording you don't have to have these headphones and this mixing board it's it's what have a clear vision of what you want it to be if you want it to be a more produced you know tactics tips kind of a thing uh, make it that 
if you want it just to be the conversations of you and your buddies, make it that. Don't get hung up on like audio quality right out of the gate. Just do it. And here's, here's a good tip. Just because you record something doesn't mean you have to release it. I think a lot of people go into it with like, they're afraid to hit that record button. They're not sure what they're going to talk about or they, you know, they have all these questions. Well, the best way to work out those kinks is to just do it. And if it's a complete dumpster fire, just hit delete and do it again. And then, you know, I would say as, as awkward as it might've been, go back and listen to it. You know, that's the best way you're going to have the, okay, I didn't like that. Oh, I can't say that. You know, when I first started, I had a ton of little crutch words and phrases that I was using. When I would listen back to my early podcast, it was just like, oh God, oh, I said it again. Oh, I said it again. God, I have got to stop doing that. And uh, the only way I would have known that is by listening to it. Or if somebody would have messaged me like, hey, dude, stop saying like so much or whatever the, whatever the thing might have been. Um, but it's, it's just what you want it to be. Uh, not so much a tip, but l- like um, we're in an era now where podcasts have really taken off. There's new ones starting all the time. We're kind of where YouTube was like 10 years ago, maybe, maybe a little more than 10 years ago. There's definitely space for more, but find some kind of a, a niche. You know, how are you going to separate yourself from the pack to get noticed you know it, do you know more than pe- other people because that's a thing i mean if you're just super knowledgeable about you know whatever that's a thing do you have a good sense of humor do you know just find some sort of angle um but with that said don't let that keep you from starting it if you can't figure out what that is that's something that can evolve as you do it you know get it rolling just start doing it, get those reps in. And then these things kind of start taking a life of their own and you can steer it if you want, or you can kind of just let it grow organically. I hate that word, but you know, there's some truth to it. So the biggest tip is to just do it. I mean, the hardest part and it was for me is just the doubt this, Oh, I need this board and I need this microphone and I need this. Just do it. Just literally just start doing it. You have no reason not to do it there. It's, super simple. There's a ton of YouTube videos out there on how to do it, how to post them, where to post them. There's articles everywhere. You have all the answers at your fingertips in that Google bar. Just utilize it and eliminate the excuses that you keep telling yourself to not do it and just start it. Your Google is not broken. Use it. (laughs) Just use it. Or use Yahoo. I don't care. It doesn't have to be, a, this isn't a Google commission. Use whatever search engine you want. The information is out there. It's a new year this year. Do you have any fishing related goals? Fishing related goals. Uh, well, we have our first Minnesota made outdoors uh, tournament event this Sunday. And uh, we have some new teams. We got some heavy hitters this year. Plus we're just watching other teams improve year in and year out joel and i were fortunate enough to finish second place overall last year which gets you nothing by the way <laughs> but it's just you know second out of 25 teams you get some bragging rights there and we did when we got our first plaque that's Clearwater up there in the corner if anybody can see that that was uh we we're really proud of that i mean getting getting a check or getting some prizes off the table you know for finishing top 10 
is great and all, but that, that plaque, that hardware on the wall is what everybody really wants in the, in the long run. So my goals this year is to win at least one lake and uh, remain in the top five. And we've expanded the league to 30 teams this year. So it's going to be harder than ever. Um, there's definitely no guarantees that we will finish in the, in that top five. We could easily fall out of the top 20. I mean, there's the, the quality of anglers we have in the league right now are that good that they're, you can't take anything for granted. So put in the time and effort of, of scouting and pre-fishing and fish the best we can come game day and, and see what happens. But between uh, doing well in the tournament league and, um, and uh, just keep growing the guide business, I would say those are my, those are my winter goals. I've had uh, Gazzoni on a couple times on the show, talking some Minnesota made. How'd you get involved in that? How'd you get started doing that stuff? Giz is great. I love that dude. Um, it really came down to, so early on when I said, you know, I'm really hard on myself about wanting to, to do better on the ice than the next guy. And that, that drove me to think outside the box. And it got to a point where I kind of, we kind of tournament fished without a tournament. We're drilling a ton of holes. We're trying different techniques. And we really, we really got a kick out of leaving the lake at least thinking that we probably did better than 98% of the anglers on that any given lake, any given weekend. And then uh, a buddy of mine, who's a fellow iron worker, knows Giz. I think they went to school together or something. And he was always on me of like, oh, you got you to gotta check out my buddies. I got this whole thing, this Minnesota made tournament league or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll check them out. And I was just getting kind of getting full scale going. So I was pretty preoccupied. And then I finally looked into it and I saw the league and what it was. And then they, you know, so I friended them on Facebook and joined the group and, and then they announced they had some openings for a team. So I went to my buddy, Joel, I'm like, we should do this. And we pretty much already tournament fish anyways. What do we got to lose? Let, let's, let's see where we actually stack up, you know, and uh, took a little bit of convincing, but he did it. Now I think he's more rabid about it than I am. And I'm pretty rabid about it. <laughs> so it makes her, we make for a pretty good team that way. Um, and that, yeah, that's just, that's kind of how it started. I mean, just joined in, jumped in with both feet and we're off to the races. Didn't look back. Tell me a little bit about that. That's not, uh, you know, the tournament day is, is on Saturday or Sunday. You don't just show up on tournament day and fish. What, what's involved in, in being a successful tournament? Day? Ooh, um, as much time as your life allows you to be on that lake up until tournament day. And a lot of that time we've utilized underwater cameras. That's a huge tool where you're not even fishing. You're just drilling holes and you're looking around a lot of these lakes on lakes where you can, you know, um, the UPL is on Pakegama this weekend. Now that lake, you have to actually pre-fish because that water, water's dark. There's not, there's no like shallow weed bite. There's hardly any weeds on that lake. So camera would do you zero good. But on a lot of these lakes, uh, the one we have coming up, Maple, is there is a shallow bite. There is a basin bite too, but the water's clean. So you can, you're, you're using your camera. You're just drilling a ton of holes. You're getting to know, you're basically scuba diving without getting wet. You're trying to learn as much of the bottom of that lake as you can. And you're, you're seeing the fish that you want. And you're picking out, you know, when you find fish, 
better quality fish that you want. It's gathering as much information as you can. Where are they? The depth? Are they in weeds? What kind of weeds are they? You know, are you seeing? You know, does that matter? You're like, well, they were in cabbage here, but we saw them in coontail over there. You know, just but more times than not, they're relating to a certain type of weeds in a certain depth range. And then you can take that information and you can just pattern that. You can look on your lake map and go, okay, well, they should be here if they were here and they should be there. And then you go run and you drill some holes and you check that out. And then there's some size checking, we call it, where you actually do fish and, and see what the quality of fish you get. Um, but if I'm being brutally honest, when I want a size check, I'm just getting really tired of looking at my camera and I want to fish. So, <laughs> so uh, if I'm being honest, um, but it's just really breaking down water and it's the elimination of water too is another important aspect. It's not always where are the fish is where, where aren't the fish. So when you're just as much as it's important when I drill a hole and I see fish and I see weeds or I see whatever that I'm like, okay, make a mental note of that was when I drill a hole and I don't see fish, what am I seeing? Because now when I take that information to another part of the lake, I drill a hole. I don't know what's down there. I drop my camera and I see dead weeds or I see sand instead of muck or whatever the, whatever the information is that I've gathered. I know now I, I can make some broader brushed decisions and I really start trimming that lake down into bite-sized pieces. And that's where it's coming down to. You want to plan A, B all the way through Z. Cause come, you, it doesn't matter what you did the day before it all, it can all change the next day and I've seen it change. And so you have it, as many different spots and scenarios as you can put together, the better off you're going to be. I, I think if, if people were to keep a, a detailed log of their scouting log, like log their time on the lake. And then you went back in the Minnesota made archives and you saw who placed what and where you would see a direct correlation with time spent scouting and pre-fishing to success. I think most everybody in the league is a good angler. It's who, who can really dial that lake in when it, you know, come game day. That's very cool. Dale, I had you on and it was really open-ended. We were going to talk about a lot of different things, but is there something that you wanted to talk about today that I didn't ask you about? Uh, I don't actually, I don't think so. I think we, we covered it. Um, Right now, my main focus is the really is the tournament league. I'm jacked up. It's just days away. I mean, it's sleepless nights already. I, I just get so jacked up for these things. It's it's silly. I get there's uh, people have probably seen the meme, but there's a meme with Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> and I've seen it in bass, you know, bass leagues and ice fishing. League. It, it can be for anything, but it's always like, you know, that the hour before the event, and he's all jacked up, an hour into it, he's super laser focused halfway through the day he's freaking out and then of course the last he's just completely you know he's done he's basically looking homeless in the last frame because it's just and it's so legit like that that is my i'm super amped up to start i'm laser focused at first come middle of the day i'm like this bag isn't gonna cut it we're getting our butts kicked what are we gonna do it's crunch time i'm freaking out and then we go to weigh in and i it, people think i sandbag and I don't sandbag. Like I go to, when I go to the, the scales more times than not, I legitimately don't think I did very good because I know the field of anglers that I have in front of me and I know what the lake is capable of. And I don't think my bucket, it has what the cap the lake is capable of in it. 
and so I'm like kicking rocks and I'm all down and, and then you put your fish on a scale and, and sometimes you go, Oh, a little better than I thought. And then you see other people's weights come in. You're like, Hey, this, we might not act, actually have done that bad. And then, you know, sometimes you do good and sometimes you don't do as good. And then every now and again, you get real lucky and you win. So you got to just make your plan, fish your strategy, fish clean. I like to say, you know, don't dump break lines, dumping fish, you know, control the things you can control. Uh, I think Ike and Ellie said it best. He's like, you have, there is luck involved at times, but you have to put yourself into position to be lucky. So you do the things you can control the fish. They'll do what they're going to do. Very good. I think that that works in all aspects of life. Put yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dale, if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can they find you? find me pretty much anywhere facebook uh i think i have a little bit of room on the friends thing on my personal page at dale luganville otherwise full scale outdoors uh has a facebook page there's a full scale outdoors group which who doesn't have their own outdoor group page join it whatever it's pretty small but you can whatever i don't really have much rules on there if you have if you're a tackle maker or you have a resort or whatever your thing is feel free to go on there and spam it and post links whatever you want to do I'm totally okay with that. Instagram, full scale underscore outdoors. I'm on Snapchat. Um, my Snapchat, I do a lot of stuff like as I'm doing the event that I don't post on other stuff too. So people kind of want to follow along in real time. Snapchat's a good place to do that. Uh, yeah, those are the main ones. I mean, I'm LinkedIn. I think I have a TikTok. I don't ever use it, but I'm too old for TikTok. I think <laughs> I don't. I just don't have time. It's a fun. I mean, I I can get lost in it myself if I if I allow myself, but I don't have time to make the videos and and do the things. So yeah, there's so many cool. I have a YouTube channel too that I don't use. So well, we'll look for you in all those places. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it, and good luck this year uh, getting hitting those goals. And good luck on the tournament trip. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.